0: On a few occasions since March of 2020, I have said aloud or said internally, you know, this feels like a wilderness experience. In the Bible, a wilderness, the wilderness is a time of trial. It is a time of unknowns. It is a space of wandering. It is a space that usually goes far longer than any would choose. And such a space is where, inevitably, all of us, at some point or another, we just hit our limit. And we overflow. School board meetings, social media, airplanes, living rooms. Goodness, the Israelites in the wilderness, they vented regularly to God, to Moses, to Aaron, with one another. While it seems maybe an odd thing to say so clearly on Rally Day of all days, I think the best place for us to start is simply to be honest. These recent days of Delta and Afghanistan, of Haiti and Henri, of emergency school board meetings and capacity ICUs, and, and, and let alone any number of the, the trials and issues that, that you or your family or workplace are navigating— They've been hard, which is to say there remains something very much wilderness about these days. In her book, A Beautiful Disaster, uh, Marlena Graves writes, when we first enter the wilderness, we're convinced we've entered into the bowels of hell. But on our pilgrimage, we discover that the desert drips with the divine." One of the things about the wilderness in the Bible is that it is the singularly unique space in which we're given the opportunity to sort out our most fundamental allegiances, where we stand and what we wear. I mean, in the wilderness, so much gets tossed and turned and disoriented, is unknown, gets taken away. And it almost forces those most fundamental questions back to the forefront of our heart. What actually matters? Who actually matters? Who do we trust? Choose this day whom you will serve. God calls to the gathered Israelites as they're standing in the wilderness on the cusp of the promised land. Scholars note this story in Joshua 24 you heard read is told in a liturgical form, kind of a a call and response rhythm. If you read the whole of, of chapter 24, which means it, quite likely it was some kind of covenant renewal uh, between God and the people that was brought forth regularly in the life of Israel. Time and again, there were moments where the people were called to declare afresh whom they and their household would serve, which is to say who their very person, their property, their wealth would serve. As we stand in the wilderness, as we stand on the cusp of our fall programming as, 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 in our ministries, as we, as we stand peering towards 2022 and, and, and God's plan, not only for this congregation but, but for Georgetown and, and for Central Texas, perhaps the gift given us today does not come in the form of, of an easy escape from wilderness realities. But rather, it comes in the opportunity to discern afresh our response, our true response to the call of God. Choose this day whom you will serve. To be sure, the call makes it clear there is a choice, there are competing gods. The passage mentions the gods just beyond the river over back in Egypt, the the other gods among the Amorites, which is where the Israelites are currently there, uh, reside. As we consider financial stewardship in this time, I'm mindful, Jesus famously provides a a way for us to discern if any of those gods right over there or or right in here uh, have held or do hold sway in our lives. Where your treasure is, there your heart is also, there your allegiance is also, in other words, just Look at where the money goes, where, where the resources go. Not where we think our ideal self would or will eventually or should, or, or, or not where we think others should be putting their resources and time and money, but, but, but truly where, where are they given? This will tell the story of the heart, the allegiance, the answer to God's call. I imagine we could spend a good bit of time the remainder of this sermon unpacking the gods of our age who vie for our attention, our time, our energy, our our money, our heart. And we're wise to have a healthy awareness of that. But I also think our passage from Joshua 24 invites another option, another way that helps us respond to this call to choose this day whom we shall serve. I call it, The Way of the Self-Portrait. Earlier this summer, I took a continuing education class through Fuller Seminary in which we explored the intersection of worship and the arts. And the very first assignment for the class was this. Create a self-portrait. And then prepare to share that self-portrait over Zoom with this cohort of pastors across the nation at the next meeting. Now, most of the pastors in this class, myself included, would not consider themselves artists um, in the least. I mean, truly, I I never paint, draw, sculpt, design, sew, write music. So I did not like the assignment. And yet there it sat. I signed up for this. So I began to think how I would draw my face, quite literally. Then it hit me that I I don't have to do a literal depiction. In fact, given that I would be relying heavily on the stick figure motif, probably better that I don't go with literal. (laughs) Maybe I could go with kind of imagery or metaphor. So I started thinking about my life and, and where I've lived and things I've done and things I enjoy, and I try to piece together a rough draft in my mind of how a collage of images might get glued together on a canvas or something. That could have been how the Israelites recorded their own story, their own Self-portrait of, of, of sorts. Joshua, chapter 24, verses 2 through 15. We didn't uh, really read most of that section, but in that section is, where, uh, is, is, is a history of God's people told in great detail leading up to the moment where God calls, choose this day whom you will serve. That whole section of, of, of the Israelite history, it could read this way. It doesn't. It could. Joshua said to all the people, We as a people once lived beyond the Euphrates River. We once worshipped other gods. But Abraham and our people stepped bravely beyond the Euphrates and into Canaan. Isaac was born, and then sons Jacob and Esau. And Jacob and that part of the family went down to Egypt. And eventually they all became slaves and enslaved by the Egyptians. Moses and Aaron came along, and they let us out story could be told that way. The point is, there's a very natural way of telling all of our stories based on on place and events and main characters. We once lived there. We did this. We met these folks. We accomplished this. We hit hardship. We moved on. We did that. We accomplished that. I mean, think of your own life stories. Could you piece it together by by, by place and event and and people? And wouldn't that give us something of a self Portrait, something of a picture of, of you. I will tell you, the strangest thing happened when I actually got out the art supplies to, to attempt to make a self-portrait that would somehow be uh, symbolic of, of who I am. Now, I hadn't decided on the backdrop to this self-portrait. I kind of thought that would be a, a filler of some sort behind everything else that was in my head. But I started by mixing a little bit of white paint and a little bit of blue paint and kind of mixing them into the middle in this interesting light blue and then doing these circular brush strokes onto the canvas. And I kind of liked it. Something about it felt true. I just kept going. I filled the entire canvas with circular brushstrokes, top to bottom, before doing anything else. And then it struck me. The background was going to be the single most important part of this self-portrait because those were the baptismal waters. Those were the waters that have held and carried every reality of my life even before I was born. No matter what I decide to put on top of the backdrop, no matter what aspects of my life I might try to highlight or hide, all of it is held in those waters. Which is to say, my story is most fundamentally God's story. My story is most fundamentally what God and Jesus Christ has done time and again, in and through and despite me, in season and out of season. For those of you who are curious about how that all came together, I will give you a glimpse. I think we have it. There you go. That's me. <laughs> yes, they were very kind. Um, I'm not going to get into all of the other uh, artistic choices I made and what they're about. Um, but I do hope you, you can catch some of the blue. The photo diminishes it a bit, but uh, the background is what I want you to note um, Holding every piece that is everything else. You can take that down again. Thank y'all, tech crew. We don't, (laughs) I have the sense people are just gonna stare and be like, "Mm." (laughs) what's that choice about? (laughs) I think it's true for all of us, though. For the baptized people of God, a true stealth portrait is the story of God alive in us and through us and despite us, and made most. Vibrantly known in the seasons of the wildernesses. Here is how that part of Joshua chapter 24 verses 2 through 15 actually reads. The the long history of God's people. See if you can hear the difference from what I uh, said a a couple minutes ago. Joshua said to all the people, this is what the Lord of God, uh, larger God of Israel says. Long ago, your ancestors lived beyond the Euphrates River, worshipped other gods. But I took your father Abraham from the land of Euphrates, and I led him throughout Canaan, and I gave him many descendants. I gave him Isaac, and to Isaac I gave Jacob and Esau. I assigned the hill country of Seir to Esau. When Jacob and his family went down to Egypt, I sent Moses and Aaron, and I brought you out of Egypt. And in case we're not catching the very thick point being made in this narration, Here at the very end, I gave you a land on which you did not toil, cities you did not build, and you live in them and eat from vineyards and olives that you did not plant. The story of Israel is most fundamentally the story of God. I gave, I led, I called. And interesting, every aspect of the story that's highlighted there, if you kind of know some of the details that I read, it is a time of hardship, it is a time of unknown, it is a time of wilderness, but the story is dripping with the divine. The story is told in such a way that we readily see the water of life holding, shaping, leading the whole. And so before the people of God ever get to this point where they name clearly and fully who, this day whom they shall serve, they first take an extended amount of time to paint a self-portrait of who they are. And they see God everywhere, wilderness especially which is the take, they take the time to remember that God has been all in for them from the beginning and to the furthest ends of the canvas that they know and remember. We place a cross centrally in our worship spaces that we might likewise rem- remember that ours is a God who is all in, all the way to the most parched of wildernesses we can imagine for us. I don't know how many here consider themselves artists. Perhaps we rarely, if ever, paint, draw, sculpt, design, sew, write music. And honestly, maybe that feels like the last thing for us to consider in these times that, 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 that seem to beg for answers and, and clarity and, and a way out of the mess. And yet... What if God's invitation this morning is not to pull us from the wilderness, but to invite us instead to do a self-portrait and see if it doesn't also drip with the divine, most especially in the wildernesses of yesterday. I mean, where would you start on a self-portrait? Where would you start on a church self? If we spent this afternoon or this week reflecting on the, our many stories as individuals and families and as, as a called family of God together, would we likewise, no matter what colors we chose or details we chose, would we likewise somehow eventually also come upon this realization that no matter how you tell it, no matter how you depict it, would it become impossible to tell our story without also telling of the water carrying Shaping, forgiving, renewing, holding. Which is to say, would it become impossible to tell our story without telling the story of Jesus? And what might that simple self portrait exercise do for the soul of a people? Having heard afresh the long story of God at work through generation after generation, seeing how it drips with the divine, the people of God stand before Joshua, and they respond, as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. As for me and and, and all that I have, we're all in. For we see clearly again that God has surely been no less for us in all of our previous days. Surely God will be no less for us this very moment. Choose this day whom you shall serve. Amen.